You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. If you'd like to get a free copy, just send a text to 33444 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 33444. Let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Gavin Zuklinski, and he's the founder of Acuity Scheduling, which helps over 50,000 businesses automate and manage their appointments online, allowing clients to schedule themselves. Gavin is a self-professed tech geek and expressomaniac who wholeheartedly believes that business should be fun. Welcome to the show, Gavin. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, perfect. I'm excited to have you on because I've heard of your company. You know, I think everybody's heard of your company at this point. It sounds like this whole trend of self-serving appointment scheduling SaaS products has gotten pretty competitive and pretty a lot of awareness over the last few years. So I'm excited to dive into kind of how you built this business. But before we do that, give us a quick backstory, maybe a, a couple minutes about yourself and kind of how the idea came to play. And then we'll dig into a little bit deeper. Oh, yeah, totally. And you're totally right. There's so many appointment schedulers out there, but it's been really cool to see since Acuity was founded around 2007. It was originally just me as a side project of something that I created for my mom, a massage therapist. Ended up having it as a side project for the longest time, just sort of growing it organically until eventually it became a little bit too big for just me to handle on my own. And in 2013, I had to make the choice between a day job that I really, really loved and taking on Acuity as my full-time gig. And then, so that was the really the second birth of Acuity. And then since then, it's it's grown quite a lot. So it's been a long time running and really interesting to see, like you mentioned over the past couple of years, this change from something where it's like this early adopter type of techier solution to now, you know, changing into something that it seems like all businesses really need to use just to stay uh, up with their competitors for ease of use and booking and everything else. Yeah, I love it. I love the practicality of it, right? Because the reality is there's all kinds of apps and there's all kinds of SaaS products and there's all kinds of things out there. But one of the things that drives business is scheduling, right? I mean, you have to get on the phone, you have to schedule different times with people because again, it's a people business. It's not always about just, you know, being online or, you know, or videos. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of one-to-one interaction. So I think that scheduling is such an important part of it. So I I'm excited to hear a little bit more about that. So you started this as a side project in 2007 to help your mom, which is kind of cool. <laughs> and so when did you go full time? When did you have to make that decision and say, hey, I'm all in? Yeah, it's not something that I really wanted to do. So I like, yeah, I originally created it for my mom, massage therapist. So really targeting folks like her who's, you know, who are real businesses more than just like casually setting up a meeting, but people who like really care about the professional image and especially making money too. And I never really imagined that that market would be that big. And it's uh, it's a whole lot bigger than I expected. But I had so thankful. I had a day job that I absolutely loved working with the government, doing some really unique work. 
Um, so I didn't want to leave I, that. I really wanted to stay that and just keep Acuity as sort of like this other creative outlet of of doing something a little bit different than my day job, more on the businessy side, more building something and, and seeing people use it um, than the extreme technical work that I was doing. But it ended up growing and growing and growing, really with no marketing or anything else. Just I'm really thankful to have fantastic Google rankings that we worked on a little bit at the beginning and really paid dividends over the long term. And then referrals, just tons of word of mouth referrals from other customers that ended up growing it to the point when that was in 2013, I was spending like my whole day job. I was disconnected, no phone, no internet or anything else. So I'd get out to my car in the summertime heat in Maryland, have my phone dead halfway driving down the beltway, my phone would finally cool off enough to turn on. And then I'd see that I had like 100 emails from customers asking about support or downtime and things like that. And then spending hours in the evening working on it. And I was just getting real burnt out from that. So eventually had to decide between, you know, the day job that I absolutely loved and growing Acuity and taking that much more seriously. So that was the big shift. And obviously, I chose Acuity. The upside was so much more and really thankful for that. But yeah, it was a it was a it was a big decision at the time. So it's been about five years since you made that pivot and said, hey, I'm all in on Acuity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it has been. And that's sort of like the second birth of it, where the first birth was me building it and thinking about it just as, you know, a technical project and building a product and everything else. And that second birth of it was the shift to me saying, all right, now I got to kind of rely on this as my income every day and then start growing it and then bringing on other people to help support it besides just myself too. Yeah, I got a lot more serious at that point once you made that decision. So can you tell us a little bit about the size of Acuity? I mean, you sound like you were kind of one of the early guys in the game you know, to jump in here and to really start, you know, leveraging this strategy. So tell me a little bit, if you can tell me how big it is, whether it be revenues, employee, percentage Mm -hmm. growth, can you give us some sort of perspective? Yeah, sure. I'll give you a little on all of those. We've been uh, pretty much doubling every year for the last several years since 2013. Right now, um, we're very profitable. We have eight figure revenue with only about 36 employees too. And like you mentioned in the intro too, we've got uh, well over 50,000 folks businesses using it every week to manage their appointments and everything else. So it's shifted from, you know, a time when it was just me and I was really happy to see, you know, one random person online from the internet just signing up for it. And that was really exciting. Researched them and like tried to see who they were and what business they were to now getting thousands of new folks every day. Yeah, I'm sure. Do you mind me asking you know, because I'm just curious myself. I was fortunate. Mm-hmm. I built an eight-figure business. I I, gener- I built a logistics company from startup to 80 million in sales. My goal was to hit 100 million, and I just didn't have the the, the I just didn't have the <laughs> strength to hold out that long. I ended up selling the company a little short of that. But you said you're an eight-figure business. Are mm-hmm. you a Are you a high eight figures or more of a lower eight figures? If you don't mind me asking, mid lower eight figures. Oh, good. That's awesome. Perfect. And you're still continuing to double, you said, year over year. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. I mean, and that's that's the thing, like to try to keep that up. It's very easy when oh. you're early on. It's a little bit harder to keep up once you start growing more. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. I'm sure it is. Well, listen, so here's something interesting that I think the audience could learn a lot from. And I think you alluded to it in a little bit of your you know, talk earlier. And that is, you know, customer acquisition, when you got real serious about this, customer acquisition became you know, the two biggest things, customer acquisition and retention became your two biggest battles, right? 
So mm-hmm. how in your early days, maybe even, you know, however you want to frame that more when you started it up as a business, not a side project, mm-hmm. you know, not when it was a side project, once you committed to it as a business, what was the strategy? What was your go-to strategy for getting new clients back then? Yeah. So the first thing, I'm a technical guy by nature. So marketing and all of that was not really my forte. So for myself, the biggest change that I did when I took it full time was structuring my day differently. So each day I would go in and it's really interesting to work on, you know, technical projects and all of that, but that doesn't really help with growth. So what I tried to do every day was work on one thing that was like a new feature, that type of thing that I'd enjoy. One thing that would help with usability or bug fixes that's more about retention. And one thing to do as far as marketing and growth, trying to get my name out there. So shifted a whole bunch of different things. But what I ended up finding worked the best was besides doing you know, different A-B tests and things on the site, but for new user acquisition was just going out and talking to really small blogs and podcasts and things like that, that were focused on our customer set. So I tried initially to go out and get like talk to bigger publications and things like that. And totally ended up finding that they'd either just flat out ignore me or when we did get them, it didn't turn into real paying users. But what was really good was trying to find people, say, like a, uh, a blog that was focused on uh, therapists that was help people with their therapist business, talking to them. They were really thrilled to hear like from somebody like myself to give them a nice little offer. Um, and they would actually write about us too. And that ended up spilling over into increasing our SEO also to get those types of backlinks. And they were way more receptive and had much better, although smaller audiences, much better focused audiences to what we were looking for. But overall, it was just trying to focus on having that really great, easy to use product and the reducing bugs, increasing usability, and having that really tied directly into customer support for a really tight feedback loop um, has been one of the biggest things to help with our growth and reducing churn. So you focused in on niche blogs and you would you would find them through Google, of course. And then at that point, you would reach out to them, maybe the, you know someone that was listed as the owner of the domain or the or there was somebody who was a writer on the site who was doing blog writing and you would reach out and connect with them, you would do a phone call or would you do a via email or would you set up an interview or what was the strategy going in? How did you stimulate that conversation? Yeah. So the hardest part was normally finding them because with Acuity, I'm really not my customer. So I had to get an understanding of who my customers were. And then once I had a good feel for because we're cross vertical, it's not just massage therapists or anything else, but really all these different service type of businesses. And it's a whole lot more than I expected. So seeing like ones like I went into it initially thinking about massage therapists, go and try to find uh, massage therapist business blogs, try to find recommendations, get this whole big list of, of blogs and things. And then I would go on to each site, um, I would try to find ones maybe where our competitors were mentioned. And if I saw a competitor mentioned, then I would most of them were really easy to find a contact information on the site themselves. And I'd say something like, hey, saw you were talking about, you know, so-and-so, this scheduling product. I just want to let you know, like, blah, 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 we're something similar, like in the interest, we'd like to give you, you know, extended 45-day trial for your customers. And then normally they would jump on that, just really excited that the first thing that they had written about was something that they typically had to reach out to. And then having us inbound, they were really receptive to that. The second approach, too, is if I didn't see a competitor or anything on there, then I would reach out and just say, hey, we've had a lot of a lot of photographers 
who use our service to help, you know, streamline their business and take payments online so that they can really just show up to their appointments uh, prepared and, and reduce no-shows and blah, 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 and all of that. And I think it would be really interesting to help your your readers, you know, do their businesses a little bit better. And that, that seemed to work pretty well, too. It was just focusing on the really small folks instead of the big folks that were way easier to get in touch with. Normally, it was one person running the site. And normally, their email address was available on there, too. Perfect. No, I love that strategy. All right. So now that's what you did early on. And that mm-hmm. helped to get some kind of some grassroots efforts, build some mm-hmm. links, you know, develop relationships with these bloggers, get the word out there and customers started to come in and it obviously started working for you. So if you had to pivot to today, what would you say is the number one growth strategy that you're using today to get new clients? Yeah. So. <laughs> There is probably the, you know, the, the cheesiest one to say is just customer referrals. We've tried really hard. So about 70% of our new users come through either like organic means, like they ended up just searching for acuity scheduling in Google, or it's a direct customer referral of somebody else referring somebody directly over. Um, and just like sort of that organic or just, you know, searching for online appointment schedule. We're really thankful to rank really highly for that. So that's what we get for most of our customers from right now. And that's really due to the early days of just trying to, you know, get out there and especially get really good Google rankings too. Now though, uh, it's a little bit scary to rely too much on, you know, the online appointment scheduler keyword in Google because you never know when their algorithm might change or anything else. So probably about a year and a half ago, I was looking at our numbers and we were like 90% instead of 70% coming from Google and everything else. And I really wanted to try to reduce that so that if something did ever change and our rankings ever dropped, that our acquisition wouldn't drop to zero too. So since then, we've expanded out and tried to get in you know, more directories of listings of online appointment schedulers and things to run your business and trying to focus more on AdWords and paid acquisition and everything else too. And those areas have really helped diversify us. And it's been fantastic, too, at letting us be a little bit more aggressive about targeting different types of folks who we might not edit. Like before, it was people who were actively looking for something like our tool. Now we're starting to shift a lot more into, like, say, a nail salon, you know, trying to target at nail salons to say, hey, have your customers book their appointments through Instagram and giving them an ad on Instagram and that type of thing. That's been the biggest shift over the last couple of years. Perfect. All right, let's pivot and talk about the retention piece because churn is obviously a SaaS product's biggest enemy, right? Which is mm-hmm. turnover for most people that don't understand that. It's it's your business, tur- it's your customers turning over, right? It's churn. So mm-hmm. if you had to kind of narrow it down after doing this for five years full-time and six years before that, what do you think is the best strategy, the number one strategy to reduce churn? Oof. For us, it's the combo of customer support and constant iteration on the product. So we use, we have really fantastic customer support and have a really tight feedback loop from customer support, getting, being able to really respond to what frustrations they're seeing from customers, what questions they're seeing from customers, and having that really tight feedback loop going back into the product so we can make the product easier in the areas that we have a lot of friction and start to figure out a bit more intelligently about what features we need to add that people really care about who are our target customers. And it's been that combo of just 
having great customer support to let people know like, oh, you can do what you're looking for. You know, you just have to think about it a little bit differently to us taking all those areas that people might be frustrated about, say, I don't know, some complex issues with setting up your availabilities that you can, you know, really model your business and leave things hands off and taking those areas that used to be really frustrating and making it a whole lot easier. It's that combo that has really helped reduce our churn. Great. So you've had five years of really digging in on this as an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. Previous to that, you kind of were a sidepreneur, right? You had this side (laughs) project, but you had your full-time gig. You didn't really have these crazy aspirations of being an entrepreneur. So you've probably learned a lot. You've made some mistakes along the way. Here's my question. Knowing what you know now, what would you do differently when it comes to building your business to get further faster? If you had to do one thing, if you could do one thing different, what would it be that would help you to get further faster? Oh, man. So I, you know, there's this long stretch from that 2007 to 2013. If I had just taken, you know, I I switched to it being a full-time job when I was forced to make the decision. If I had chosen to do it earlier, and I totally could have we would have been in a much better position to actually start actively growing a lot earlier. And that's probably the biggest thing that would have helped with growth was just, you know, making a decision to treat it like a real business instead of just this side thing that gave me some really good sp- uh, spending money on the weekends. That Yeah, that totally would have been the biggest thing. On the other hand, though, I don't know, I would have been as happy. Like when I switched to it being a full-time business, it was to the point when, you know, things were really growing, they were profitable and everything else. So I didn't have a whole like there was, I wasn't really nervous about things either. So it would have been a change sort of a trade off between potentially growing it much quicker versus being, you know, happier as a person and more comfortable in my day to day, a little bit less stress. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, you already had a profitable business. So for you to make that pivot, it was probably a little bit of a a less stressful situation, like you said. I mean, because, Mm -hmm. you know, as startups, when there's no revenue and there's no customers, you know, cash flow is king. And obviously, you know, that that can force you to make bad decisions along the way, right? So you were able to be a little bit more strategic about it. So I like that. That's interesting. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. So so what's next for Acuity Scheduling? Tell me, I mean, what's coming down the pike for Acuity Scheduling? What can you give us? How do you see this type of product evolving and changing? <laughs> oh, man, that's a really loaded question. So there are a million and one different schedulers out there. When we first started Acuity, when I first started Acuity, I was thinking, you know, how many people can actually care about online scheduling in that? And it turns out a lot of people. So we were really unfocused at the beginning. And that's something that I'm still changing to. It's been really fantastic to be, you know, sort of non-vertical specific. But now in the past couple of years, We've been focusing more and more on figuring out who our best customers are and the ones, you know, whose day to day really revolves around appointments and trying to say no to some of the other folks, too. And then so in the future, we're going to be adding, you know, more features and more growth to really help people support their business. So in just the recent history that has been letting businesses do a lot more customization to really reflect their brand, adding, you know, services on our part to get things up and running on your website faster so so that you can get it out to your customers and really adding more features like support for Square and swiping cards in the app and vaulting credit cards that 
businesses who make money from appointments really care about. So we're going to be adding more and more related to that. Perfect. I'm really interested to hear what your favorite growth tool or software is outside of acuity scheduling, of course. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. So I think we like, because most of our growth has come through really organic means, it's been that churn bit that has been the one that we've had to really work at and try to understand. And that's a lot with research and customer research and everything else. And the one tool that I absolutely love is Full Story. It's a tool to help you just do sort of recordings of all the actions your users are taking on a website. So it has helped us on the support side when somebody emails in and just says something really generic like, it's not working, to go back through those logs and figure out what, what, what the hell they were talking about. And on the growth side too, it's helped us sort of really look at those users that aren't as vocal, like those ones who come into the app and are trying to figure out onboarding and just getting started. And who, you know, when somebody's just getting started, they will, if they churn, they're going to be really quiet. They're just going to get frustrated really easily. So to try to understand that type of thing, full story has been phenomenal. No, I love that. That sounds like a, a great strategy. That sounds like a great strategy for really getting under the hood and seeing exactly what they're doing and what's causing that frustration to create a ticket, right? So mm -hmm. no, that's great. All right. So we're going to wrap it up here. But before we go, one last question, what would you what book would you recommend or that you've read recently that you think my audience would benefit from? Ooh, one of my favorite books is by Derek Sivers, the fellow who founded CD Baby. I think the title of it was Anything You Want. It was just, it was one business book that I actually identified with. It was more about, you know, really trying to not just grow a business for revenue's sake, but understanding what you actually care about in there and building it into something that you are totally happy with. So he was really successful with his business. And it's something too. And I want my company to be something that I enjoy going into every day. And if that's the case, it's something that I can stick with for decades to come. And that longevity, that understanding, you know, that I want to be happy in my business, working around people who are also happy in it. And that trumps more revenue, you know, that trumps pure revenue growth or anything else. Um, it was really refreshing to see that also resonant, like in a book also. So Derek Sivers book was phenomenal. Yeah, that sounds like a great culture you have going over there top from the top down. So, you know, congratulations on all your success. Before we close out, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about acuity scheduling, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah. So, you know, the best way to reach out would be I set up a little link for all of your listeners, acuityscheduling.com slash growth experts. That's A-C-U-I-T-Y scheduling.com slash growth experts. And that will have my contact information and a little bit of info about what we've chatted about. Um, but there'll also be a special link on there to sign up and get a 45-day trial of Acuity Scheduling. Oh, perfect. That's awesome. Hey, jump on that, guys. I know that this type of scheduling app can save a ton of time. And I want to thank you, Gavin, for sharing your story and all your insight. And I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, Gavin. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.